0: Well, good afternoon. Thank you for joining me again. Julian Campbell here. And we've got another interesting show with Business and the Law and You lined up today. We're going to, first of all, uh, have a chat with uh, Tony Vidray. Then we're going to move on to Christina and look at some of those top innovative companies and then finish off with creating an ad hoc leadership circle to generate new ideas. So we'll pop over to uh, Tony Vidray now. Good afternoon, Tony.
1: Hi, Julian. How are you?
0: I'm well. And yourself?
1: Going very well, thanks.
0: All right. Well, we we're going to talk about some common misconceptions about uh, vehicle or vehicle claiming.
1: Motor vehicle claims. Yeah. yeah. So a couple of years ago, the, um, the the government announced that they were reducing the number of ways in which. Um, taxpayers could claim motor vehicle expenses. So essentially we're left with just two methods now. One is if you maintain a logbook, and I'm not, and I'm not talking about that today, but the other common way that's been around for, for quite a number of years is this method called the cents per kilometre method. So mm. if, if, you, if you claim up to 5,000 kilometres, um, you have not needed records, and I say that with a bit sort of tongue-in-cheek hesitantly, you haven't, you haven't actually needed records, but you do need records, and I'll come back to that in a second. Okay, yeah. um, so you, you can claim a certain number of kilometres. Um, it used to be dependent on the size of the engine in your car. They've, they've removed all of that now, and to, regardless of what you drive, it's a, it's a straight 66 cents per kilometre. So the tax office have come out and said, well, look, we're still finding a lot of errors in these um, in these claims. And one of the things that they're a bit concerned about is people who think that they're entitled to a standard deduction. And we've had people who've asked us the same sort of thing. Oh, I'll just put in, you know, how many kilometres um, that you think is, is, is OK. Well, that's not really the, um, the way to do it. It's, it's an evidence-based thing where y- you still need to be able to show, you know, the, how many kilometres you've travelled during the year for work purposes mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, to be able to justify, you know, your claim. So, so we had... And one interesting thing, too, that... Um, that came out many, many years ago. Is you actually have to show that you own the car. Okay. We, we had a yeah, we had an interesting one with a, a young twenty-year-old who was picked out for an audit, and he and the car that he was driving was still in his parents' name, and he did that because of um, it was um, originally his um, dad's car, and his dad actually gave it to actually he was older than twenty-one. That's right. He gave it to him as a twenty-first birthday present, mm. but the registration was still in the name of parents. his father. Yeah, his parent. So when he was plucked out for review, and, and they were on the verge of knocking back all the kilometres, um, until I pointed out to the tax office that registration is actually not proof of ownership mm. of a vehicle. It's one of the one of the methods, but you may you may lease a car, the your name will be on the rego um, papers, but it doesn't mean that you actually own the car. So one mm. of the things you've got to prove is that you, <laughs> that you actually own the car, which is uh, which is an interesting one.
0: So how do, so how do you do it, that?
1: Well, you know, again, if it's unencumbered, fair enough, um, it, it you own it. But if if it's financed, it, it then depends on the type of finance. Um, because if it's if it's a lease, then technically you don't own the vehicle. Now,
0: sure. yeah. the
1: ATO again have said, "Oh, look, if it's a leased vehicle, you know, we'll, we'll accept the fact um, that it's that it's you know, that it's um, owned by you." But there's a there's another little quirky uh, way of financing a car, and that is through novated leases. Now, that mm. creates a headache mm. as well because. If you've got a, a vehicle through your work and they give it to you as a novated lease, you don't you don't actually own the car. Yeah. Your employer does. And we've had a lot of cases where we've had to say to people, well, I'm sorry, now you're already salary-sacrificing your, your vehicle costs through your employer. You cannot claim any further dollars. Mm-hmm. And that comes to them as, uh, as quite a shock. So the tax office have actually found quite a few... Um, claims where they yeah they're double dipping and and claiming um, motor vehicle expenses um, where where they've got novated um, leases what, ones that I've been seeing. Are ones that again, you know, I, we, we've got a code of ethics these days, and a code of conduct now. That, as I've been explaining to my staff in staff training this morning, <laughs> that if we, if we knowing, if we knowingly lodge, well, hang on, I'll reword that. We cannot lodge a tax return these days where we know there's an error. Client mm-hmm. can't come to us and say, "Look, I know this claim is incorrect. Can you just lodge it anyway?" Um, we can't do that. If the, if if we, if we know there's an incorrect claim, we can't I'm claim it. it. So there's. So every now and again we get we get confronted with this interesting scenario where you know you might have a comp- someone with a company car, but then they want to claim kilometres because they've got a second car that's in the driveway. Mm-hmm. And you think, all right, well, how many business kilometres do you, you know have you done? Oh, five thousand. Well, how's that possible that you could do a thousand kilometres a week in, <laughs> in, a, car. In, a, in a It just doesn't pass what I call the smell test. It doesn't. Yeah. It just does not pass the smell test so yeah you, you want to be careful with that sort of so, stuff it just won't it won't survive scrutiny
0: so with the kilometers the best way of, is having some sort of a diary record i presume
1: And there's no there's no standard way of recording it. So so going back to that young guy who was uh, over 21, Mm. I said, look, you know, we've claimed and whatever the figure was, uh, 2,824 kilometres. I said, I need I need a breakdown of how you arrived at that. And he did have it in his records, and he had you know from here to here on such and such a date, and on this particular date, I drove from you know the office to visit a client, and the whole thing added to to the kilometres that he claimed, and and everything was um, everything was um, was fine. So you do need to keep some sort of reasonable record Mm. as to how. know, how many trips you did and where you went and, and those sort of things. So it's not it's not as onerous yeah. keeping a logbook, but you still need to keep a record to prove you know your kilometre claims. And the tax office you know, to give you an idea, eight point five billion dollars was claimed as work related expenses in the fifteen, sixteen years. So it's a lot yeah. of money that's been claimed yeah. but it's not hard for the ATO so they, to well, they well they use the same they they use the same rovo computer that Centrelink uses. They could just spit letters out and say, "Well, you know, prove to us you um, your claim." And, and as mm-hmm. we've said on your program on many many occasions, the onus is on you. Um, the the taxpayer to uh, to prove it. There's another. I'll finish with one uh, very just, interesting thing. Just before thing. you got, finish off, yep.
0: the uh, the young guy whose car was in his father's name. Mm-hmm. Um, We've just done that with our son, so we've just given him our, our car. Oh um, yeah, how and it's in our, it? yeah. it's in our name. So yes. I don't, I don't yes. know whether he's ever going to use it for business. But. <laughs>
1: no, you know how I proved it in the end. In the end, I actually got the father to write a letter to the son okay. to say know um, happy twenty first um, the car is now yours, oh, and okay. so he relinquished ownership of the vehicle, and the son could prove that he paid for all of the expenses yeah. for it, but, but that letter showed that yeah no it 's not um, the ownership had actually transferred from the, uh, from the son to the, uh, from the father to the son actually and,
0: and just another one when we 're talking about this uh, in, with, in my wife 's case actually with a lot of, lot of businesses like this, the uh, employer pays seventy five cents per kilometer for her to use it for business. But obviously she can only claim it back at 66 cents.
1: this is one of the quirks and, and, and I've actually only just discovered this in the last probably month or so because I thought you know what I've never actually thought of this and there, there's a common known rule that once you reimburse your employees if you're an employer now and you're reimbursing your employees um, kilometres, once you reach 5,000 kilometres that you've reimbursed from that point on you start taking tax out of the reimbursement because okay. you, you know as an employer you know that their limit is 5,000 kilometres yeah. but what, what's fallen through the cracks is that I don't think a lot of people realise this, and I certainly have forgotten about it, was there are a lot of awards where the reimbursement is um, 78 cents per yeah, kilometre. That's yeah. what it is at the minute. But as, as you just mentioned, the amount that you can claim is now only 66 cents per kilometre. Yeah. So technically there is a taxing point in yeah. that difference <laughs> yeah. that employers need. Now, again, I don't think the tax officers are going to worry about it, um, but, yeah, technically um, okay. there, is a, there, there is a taxing point on that reimbursement. Mm,
0: good. And you were just going to finish up with a little story or something?
1: That's what I was going to tell you about. That oh. difference in the for the oh. employers, yep. there's a little bit of a there's yeah. a little bit of a risk there in that gap between seventy eight cents and, and sixty six cents, yeah. because both of them used to be the same. The award rate. And the and and the amount you could claim yeah. going back five or six years ago, they were both very very similar. But now there's a bit of a gap. Mm. And um, yeah, well, the ATO haven't said anything about it. And as I said, I don't think they'll worry about a couple hundred dollars. Um, but technically, that there is a taxing point in that difference.
0: Right. Well, there's some good points for me there today. Thank, thank yeah. you very much.
1: <laughs> Glad to be of help.
0: We'll have a chat in a month's time.
1: Okay. Look forward to it. Thank Cheers. you. Bye bye. Have a great day.
0: Tony Vidray there from AV Chartered Accountants. Just uh, be aware, and of course we are in uh, tax time at the moment, where people are putting in their tax returns. Motor vehicles is one that we need to get right. Time to pop over for our weekly chat with Christina. Good afternoon, Christina.
2: Good afternoon, Julian. I hope it's beautiful and sunny where
0: you are. It is. Well, the sun is shining in through the window here. So, Excellent. It's, That's it's lovely. probably about a 20, uh, 26 degrees, something like that.
2: Beautiful, lovely.
0: So uh, we're going to continue on with a, a, lot, a couple more of those innovative companies.
2: Yes, I thought it was worth just dragging into another week because there's so many exciting um, companies oh, that ideas. are doing so many wonderful things. Yeah. So in at number seven um, is Cochlear Hearing Test. And mm. they also won the top marketing um, innovation award as well. But what they've, what they've done, Cochlear Hearing, have um, they've disguised a hearing test. So they've made a movie, uh, and the movie is um, the movie's a love movie. It's called Does, Does Love Last Forever? And what they've done is they've created two endings for the movie, and depending on your hearing ability um, as this test is going through. So people actually take this, and they don't really know that they're being tested, which I think is a, a fantastic thing because the anxiety levels are down. And sometimes mm. when you're anxious and you're getting you know, your sight tested, your ears he, tested, something around that, um, the, the anxiety levels can actually affect the results. So they've taken the anxiety right out of it because people actually don't realise they're being tested. They watch a movie, and the movie at the moment is Does, Lo- Does Love Last Forever. Um, it's got two different endings depending on the viewer's hearing ability. So I thought that was that was quite a clever um, quite mm. a clever way to go. And you can have a look at the movie if you want to. It's on, on the um, Cochlear Hearing Test website. So the other thing, down at number 26, and... and um, very interesting, it's a company called Nightlife Music. So people have been big consumers of music, you know, since the year dot. Uh, but at the moment, consumer music services in business don't actually pay the licensing fees. So there's plenty of, you know, Spotify options, things like that for, for individuals. But the licensing fees that nightclubs pay, that supermarkets pay, that retailers pay, um, there hasn't been a, uh, an area for those people to actually purchase music. So Nightlife Music... Have um, created a, a, a complementary Spotify, I guess, uh, and the quality is amazing. They can play it out um, in these in the big venues, and the musicians, the writers, actually get the licensing fee. So I thought that mm. was quite a quite mm. a, an interesting um, concept. And how simple is that? Just something that Excellent. nobody had really thought of. It was, you know, it's part of our everyday life now with streaming music streaming, but nobody had thought about it in the in the business sense and considering the musicians who of were course. part of that process. Yeah, and, and need so, to be paid. That's right. You know, otherwise we're not going to have any musicians. Exactly. We're not going to have any music because they're not going to be able to, to create a living out of it. Yeah, that's right. Um, so mm-hmm. moving away from the top list now. You're going uh, to talk
0: about uh, some fast food over, overseas.
2: <sighs> yes. And it's a fast food company, so we won't mention any names. Nah. But junk food access is about to get easier, unfortunately. Uh, you don't need credit card and you don't need, need any money. All you have to do is smile to pay. So there's a camera in a machine that scans your face when you smile. Um, takes about two seconds, which says a lot about facial recognition and where that's heading mm. as well. Mm. A three D camera um, checks you out, verifies that you are who you are, and gives you the product that you've ordered. So smile, and you'll receive On some junk food. I'm- Yes, smile and pay, and receive some junk food. I'm not quite sure how I feel about that. Um, but the other is- just the other just interesting- before you leave
0: that one, yes. there's uh, an interesting uh, food place next door to the business centre in in King yes. Street, with uh, yes. where you place your order on a uh, on an iPad, and mm. and then stand beside a, a conveyor belt, and the yes. and the food pops out, and yeah, you don't it- get to talk to or see anybody.
2: No, it's 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 takeaway food for introverts, but it's yeah. actually healthy food. It's yeah. a healthy food option. Yeah. yeah, not not a bad thing. Zeus I think it's called. So yeah, not don't mind naming that one because it is a healthy option. Um, so this other thing uh, is is an airport so you know how flights are disrupted, whether it's a volcano erupting or whether it's a you know, something there's a any number of natural disasters and man made issues lately have been um, delaying flights. Mm. Uh, there's a, an organisation that have launched a business called Cabin that was actually launched as Sleep Bus last year. But they're, what they're offering is um, is a chartered service between Los Angeles and San Francisco. And you asked me before how long it was. I found out it's about six hours. Mm. Um, but, you you know, that old cliche, you fall asleep in one city and you wake up in another. Mm. It's much cheaper than flying. Um, and you it's, it's flatbed accommodation. So you get a bed get free Wi-Fi, it's very much millennial-based, um, flatbeds, free Wi-Fi, um, quite nice surroundings, you've got a pod that's got a mattress, clean linen... Um, some privacy and clearly somebody somewhere to charge all your um your devices. Oh, yeah. So, and it, you know, six hours later, you're in the city And by the time you get out of lax, you know, you can spend three hours getting out of lax and getting to the next um, airport if you fly Yeah, you know, if you're flying into LA and then you're flying to, to San Fran, you can be spending that much time at the um the just in the airport. So, mm. yeah, quite an interesting concept.
0: Mm. All right. So next week we're going to uh, look at some uh, some actual ideas, aren't we?
2: Yeah, I think we'll do some processes next week, yeah. how people can bring innovation back into the workplace. So it's really good hearing about all these ideas that are happening in other, other businesses. Let's give people some um, ideas about developing their own. Their own. Yeah, fantastic.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Well, you have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week.
2: You too, Julian. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: Christina, there with uh, some interesting ideas coming through, and it's great to see again a lot of these Australian inventions. We've got time for our Harvard Business Review tip. This one, as we said earlier, create an ad hoc leadership circle to generate new ideas. When leaders need innovative ideas to grow their company, they often turn to their direct reports for guidance. But this group, by design, represents the current operating units and functions which often have a status quo to defend. So when you need creative thinking, try forming a leadership circle, a diverse and ad hoc team of maybe 15 people from throughout the company who can work together for about six months. The circle should focus on the future, not the past, and healthy debate should be encouraged. Within the circle, each member should hold equal status and should not feel that he or she is being asked to represent the point of view of their particular department, such as accounting or sales or shipping or whatever their home department is. Most important, whatever ideas come out of a leadership uh, circle should be handled in the same way as they were generated. They should be rigorously and systematically discussed, debated and explored. So it's a great way of uh, bringing an innovative group together, and we've talked about those sort of things with Christina over the years. The other thing is with those ad hoc leadership circles, some people develop those as a regular thing with other people outside their company um, just to boost their ideas and uh, maybe solve some of their problems. And I know these have been around for 50-odd years. If you read books like uh, Think and Grow Rich, they certainly have those ideas in them. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. We've uh, talked about the uh, common misconceptions regarding motor vehicle claims, looked at a couple of those innovative companies. In a moment, Jane Klein will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we're going to talk with Louise Cash about the art of naming a business. We have, have our Minute of Innovation with Christina, and we'll have some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your company again for business in the Laurel next week at the same time. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week. And as James Bertrand once said, once we rid ourselves of traditional thinking, we can get on with creating the future.
1: Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel.